Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Have you been to confession lately? I have confessed a few things, but I don't know if I've been to confession. Okay, well, then proceed with what you were going to say. <laughs> we are talking about confession today. And before we dive in, as always, we want to remind people, you know, comment below, engage in this discussion if you've got any further questions, comments on this topic, or really any other that you would like us to cover. And share. Yeah, sharing the videos is always great. Uh, I know it's always fun for us to hear when people are using them yes. in studies and conversations with their friends. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to dive into confession. You and I were having a discussion, I guess it was last week, timeline-wise, for us recording, and we were talking about the different types of confession or if there are different types of confession. Mm -hmm. So kind of my, my thought is I, I've seen what I would call a limited confession or a small confession, and I always want to pack more into it. And you were saying that that's kind of good to see small confessions and more to, to them. However, they're not all supposed to be packaged together because they serve different purposes. Is that kind of... Well, let's just say the Bible talks about many different kinds of confession. Okay. <clears throat> so there's so, not just one. I no, think that's where we should not. start. Mm -mm. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about confession as fact. Just the acknowledgement of a fact. Okay. Turn to John 1.19. Okay. This is talking about John the Baptist when okay. he was asked some questions. John <clears throat> 1, 19. You may have to read a verse or two, but I'll stop you. Okay. It says, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. All right. So stop right there. He confessed and did not deny. Now, this is no kind of baptismal confession. This is nothing. It's just confession as the opposite of denial. He's simply acknowledging a fact. I am not the Christ. Okay. All right. And another one in a different setting. And this one has a little crossover to it. But look at John 18, verse 36 and 37. Right. Because here Pilate was asking Jesus a question. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And in verse 36 of John 18, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, and I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. And then Pilate said, So you are the king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who's of the truth listens to my voice. All right, so basically, and you read different translations there, Pilate finally says, so, you know, are you the king or not? And Jesus said, basically the way it's worded in the original language, you say correctly that I am the king. In other words, mm. yeah. He's simply acknowledging a fact. Okay. He's, he's talked about, the nature of it in the previous verse, mm. but he's simply acknowledging a fact. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, the devils in Mark chapter 5, you know, what have we to do with the Son of the Most High God? They acknowledged the fact mm. that Jesus was the Son of God. So it's just a recognition. It's a recognition okay. and an assent, an acknowledgement okay. of a fact. Gotcha. All right. 
So secondly, there's confession as creed. Now, okay. creed, by that word, I mean a statement of what a person believes. There we go. Credo means I believe. Right. <clears throat> All right. So in Matthew 16, 18, this is a famous statement of mm -hmm. Peter. Yep. Matthew 16, 18. Well, actually start with start with 16, 13 and read um, 13 through 16. Okay. It says, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his mm. disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ the son of the living God. All right, so Peter is expressing his belief at mm -hmm. that point. This is a, an expression of what he thinks as opposed to what these other people believe. Okay. Okay. Um, so it is a creedal statement, even though it was wrong-headed. Yeah, he doesn't because, quite understand that belief. Yeah, Jesus told him, yeah. don't tell anybody that. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> if you look at 1 Peter 4.15, okay. this is sort of connected with creedal statements when people express what they believe. Hmm. Excuse me, 1 Peter 3.15. 3.15, but in your heart's regard. There we go. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your heart's regard Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you. Okay, so the real essentiality of that verse is somebody comes and says to you, you know, why mm -hmm. are you a Christian? Why do you believe in Jesus? And you simply say, I believe in Jesus because, and you make a defense of that. Okay. You're simply expressing your belief. Okay. Okay. So I believe God is real. That's a creedal statement. Mm. I believe in the divinity of Christ. You know, I, you know, that's a creedal statement. Yeah. It's showing what I believe. Yeah. Which typically, <clears throat> if people are talking about the creeds, which we've done a video on creeds before. They're talking about written statements. Of belief. Of belief yeah. by certain people. Right. But I'm just talking about a single a personal statement. statement of belief. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's, that's what the Bible's talking about in these places. Okay. All right. Let's let's move to confession as proclamation. Okay. So we have a fact of belief and now proclamation. Yeah. And and okay. in the New Testament, for those of you that care, you've got homologeo, which is the basic word for confess, and you've got ex homologeo. Uh, which is a similar word, and these are used in these different passages, different words, these two different words. Okay, but okay. they mean similar things? Yes. Okay. All right, so look at Matthew 10, 32. This is where Jesus is sending the apostles out to preach in mm -hmm. the cities of Israel, and he is warning them that they will run into opposition. Mm -hmm. And he says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men... I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. All right, and if you read the preamble to that and, and what comes after it, you'd see mm -hmm. that he's talking about situations where you're under pressure and you've been sent to, excuse me, to proclaim mm -hmm. Jesus 
and you shrink from that because you're afraid. Yeah. So he's he's talking about confession in the form of preaching. Mm. You're afraid to preach, or you go ahead and preach what you know is true. Yeah. So this is no baptismal confession here. This is you're out preaching, and instead of shrinking from saying what you know is right and what people need to hear yeah. about Jesus, you go ahead and say it. Okay. That's proclamation. You have uh, a similar thing, um, and this this confession is proclamation in the form of teaching or preaching separates teachers of the truth mm -hmm. from teachers of heresy or false teaching. Okay. Um, good passages for this. Look at 2 John 7. <clears throat> okay. 2 John 7, and this can be done in 1 John as well. Very similar themes running throughout there. Yep. 2 John 7. 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Christ in the flesh, such a one is a deceiver and the antichrist. All right. So throughout 1 John and 2 John, there is a contrast between... Um, the deceivers, the false prophets, the antichrists, mm -hmm. um, the liars. Those are four words that John uses. Liars, deceivers, false prophets, and antichrist to describe a group of heretical teachers that were denying the physical incarnation of mm -hmm. Jesus. Right. And also saying that you could live immoral lives and so forth. Yeah. They're very similar to what we call the ancient Gnostics. You know, mm -hmm. so um, John is combating that and he's talking about those that confess or will will not confess the incarnation of Jesus or that Jesus is the son of God, mm -hmm. separating them from true teachers of the gospel. Okay. So he's still talking about it in the sense of proclamation. Okay. Now, let me show you a scripture that you and I got started on in okay. our discussion and then I've got a question about the difference between proclamation and just confession of fact. Okay, so well, there's we'll there, there. similarity, Yeah. but the, the word is used when it has nothing to do with teaching and you're just acknowledging a fact. Okay. It's also used in the context of separating truth teachers from false teachers. Okay. It is acknowledging what you believe as opposed to what this person believes. Okay, so proclamation is almost contained to those who are in a teaching role. That's right. Okay, and statements of fact can be anybody. Yes, and okay. and proclamation would also be if you're out there and and you're you're you know bearing witness to people about Jesus. Yeah. Or you Which say, is still oh, a... I'm not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, okay. um, First John four, mm -hmm. and our discussion began with a discussion of First John four fifteen. Right. But let's back up to the first verse of 1 John 4, and okay. let's read down about three or four verses. In fact, let's read 4, 1 through 6. Gotcha. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see if they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that, Christ, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you already, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. 
For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And by this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. All right, so see that little section right Mm. there. Contrast us, the apostles and company, and they or them, these false prophets, Antichrist. And verse 6 tells you that the ones that agree with the apostles, you Mm -hmm. know, they're they're the right ones, and those have the spirit of truth. Right. And the ones that um, do not agree with the apostles, those are the Antichrist, liars, deceivers, false prophets. So in that same context, Mm -hmm. you have 1 John 4, 15. Yes. That says... So this first section is the proclamation element of confession, right? Yes, it's it it is, but it's it's goes further and it's separating the truth preachers okay. from the false preachers. And so then we get to fifteen of chapter four, which says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Yes, as opposed to as opposed to not having God abiding in him and not confessing Jesus as Right. Son so of God. so if you go over to second John again, okay? And you read verse 7, mm-hmm. but go 7 through 11 and you'll see the same context. All right. For many deceivers have gone into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is a deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not and does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. So see, there again, he's, he's talking to them about receiving, welcoming, supporting these false teachers mm. as opposed to receiving, welcoming, supporting those who agree with the apostles and teach. So the context of the first John thing yeah. is the acknowledgement of a belief that agrees with the apostles and separates truth preachers from false teachers. That's okay. that's the kind of confession okay. you have in First John. So now it's more than just knowing the facts. It's more than proclaiming something. It's now seeing what separates, like the dividing factors between believers and non-believers. It's not just, it is believers and non-believers, but it's those who preach the truth of Christ and those who preach heresy. So that's why it's part of the, the proclamation type thing. Yeah. So it's almost like proclamation part two or... Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So... Um, see, one context, like Matthew 10, is truth preachers mm-hmm. who are afraid to speak out. Gotcha. First John is, how do you separate truth preachers from these mm. heretical teachers who would destroy your faith? Gotcha. All right. So um, let's look at a couple more here real quickly. All right. Uh, let's look at uh, confession as pledge. Okay. I pledge allegiance. Yeah. If you're in the U.S., to the flag and... But we're talking Yadiana. about pledging allegiance to Jesus. Okay. All right. So let's look at 1 Timothy 6, 12. 
which is talking about the good confession, which is a pre-baptismal confession. Mm, and this is where we were trying to head in our original conversation. Yes. So, okay. And I was telling you that 1 John 4.15 did not belong yeah. in pre-baptismal confession. Even though it's a confession of Jesus' son, but it was in the context of all this other false right. teacher thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 1 Timothy 6.12. Yeah, read 12 through 15. All right. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who is in his testimony, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. All right, so verse, tw verse um, 12, Timothy confessed mm -hmm. the good confession, mm -hmm. the same confession that was witnessed before Pontius Pilate. So, mm -hmm. Pontius Pilate kept asking Jesus, are you a king? Are you a king? Are you the king of the Jews? Are you a king? And finally, Jesus says, you have said correctly yeah. that I am the king. Right. So that's where Jesus made the good confession. Right. Now, the difference in Jesus doing it as a statement of fact about himself yeah. and Timothy doing it was Paul presents it to Timothy as something that he pledged and has to hold on to and keep mm. see okay so he pledged that jesus was his blessed and only sovereign yeah all right so sovereign ruler king mm -hmm. do you take jesus as your king your sovereign your ruler that's what timothy confessed or pledged right see? <clears throat> this is the same thing that would have resulted we don't have the the actual evidence of it, but the conclusion of the Pentecost sermon was mm -hmm. God has made this Jesus Lord and Christ. Right. Which amounts to ruler, king. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we don't have the record of what those people confessed before mm -hmm. they were baptized. Like what they actually verbalized. Right. But okay. most likely it was very similar to that concluding point right yeah. there. Uh, we have one other example of a pre-baptismal confession, and that would be Romans 10, okay. verse 9 and 10. All right. 9 and 10, Romans 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For within the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. All right, so this confession which leads to salvation was that Jesus is Lord. Mm. <clears throat> now that, again, if you look at it throughout the New Testament, it was not simply a statement of fact because the mm. devils believe that. Right. It was a pledge of allegiance to mm -hmm. Jesus as ruler, master, Lord. Yeah. From that day forward. Okay. So, um, I think we miss this often in the baptismal confession because... We tend often to ask people to acknowledge a fact, which mm. is fine, that's yeah. good, but the fact 
of Jesus being divine or whatever does not go as far as mm. a pledge of allegiance, okay. which was the heart of the baptismal confession. So is it just maybe the difference between saying, do you believe that Jesus is the king versus are you willing to make Jesus your king? Exactly. Okay. 100%. Yeah. So yes. one is just knowledge. One is I'm willing to do the hard work. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to whatever. I'm willing to submit to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Romans 10 verse 12, I think. The same Lord is Lord of all of them, mm -hmm. rich unto all those that call upon him. Yeah. So when you confess Jesus as Lord, he becomes your Lord, your master. Mm -hmm. See? Yeah. That's the idea. And we've, again, I think we've done another video on this where mm -hmm. when it talks about everyone who calls on the name of the Lord and what that means, it's not just a statement you kind of scream out into the ether. Mm -mm. It means... I'm calling on you. I'm submitting to you. I'm going to do your will from here on. And so it's it's not just a single statement and you're done. It's a statement of what all is coming next. It's like a, a lifestyle that you're going to proceed yeah. with after that. Yeah. So <clears throat> confession as pledge, very important. And finally, mm -hmm. confession as repentance. This and is see, totally different. I was going to say, and this is the one that gets the most press, so to say. You know, most people want to talk about confess your sins. You got to talk about your sins all the time. They want to either talk about pre-baptismal confession or they want to talk about confession of sin. Okay. All right. So let's look at this. Look at Matthew 3, 6. Okay. Matthew. How long has it been since your last confession? <laughs> to who? No. Yeah. Okay. To... Go ahead and read Matthew 3, verse 6. 3, <clears throat> 6. And they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Yeah, see? Talking about John the Baptist. Yes, and, okay. and baptism of John was a baptism of repentance right, for the forgiveness of sins. And so there was an acknowledgment, a confession of their sins, their evil, and they turned away from it. It was a, it was a conscious mm -hmm. turning from sin, confession of sin. Yeah, well, it, the section in Luke, there in Luke chapter 3, he tells them very specifically, do these things instead of... Yeah, he says, of, if you've been selfish, and if you've got a cloak, if you've got two cloaks, give it, yeah. give one to somebody Don't else. take what money wasn't yours, you know, all these other... Yeah. So it was, these are the things you're doing wrong, turn away from them. Exactly. Okay. All right, so then also, you have... Um, 1 John 1, 9, which is a biggie that we often use, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it is definitely about confessing, confessing sins. Now, if you read the entire book of 1 John, mm -hmm. these liars, deceivers, antichrists, false prophets were saying that sin is not a thing, that it's not a real thing, that right. it doesn't matter what you do. Yep. And so, you know, start with verse 6 and read through verse 9 there. Okay. <clears throat> If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right, so this... 
confession is an acknowledgement to God of our sinfulness and a and a with a penitent heart. It involves repentance. Mm-hmm. That's clear when you read First John five sixteen and compare it with First John one nine. Okay, five sixteen. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is a sin that does lead to death, and I do not say that one should pray for that. So the sin that leads to death is the sin you won't turn away from, mm. because he says in chapter one that those that will confess, confess. and turn from yeah. he'll forgive us everything. Yeah, the ones who acknowledge that they've got sin in their life, they're trying to walk in the light, all these other things. The sin that leads to death is the one you won't confess and turn away from. Yeah. So confession of sin in this case involves repentance, mm-hmm. and it's repentance before God. It's confession yeah. to God. That's And that was going to be my question is the confession of this kind does it have to be in front of a whole lot of people to anyone in particular? Nope. Okay. So this is a confession to God that we make. Exactly. Okay. And then if you'll go over to James 5.16, okay. which is a completely different thing for a different reason. All right. In James, and I hate to do this, but let's just set the context. Oh, the man. whole book of James is a conflict between rich and poor, right, and they're getting terribly ugly to each other and mean to each other and actually killing each other, James chapter 4 says. And these are members of the same congregational body. Yeah, these are members yep. of the church, and okay. they're caught up in this conflict, and they behave terribly. Hmm. So at the end of it, he says, what you guys need to do is, whether you're one of the rich uh, employers or if you're one of the poor workers, both of you have acted terribly. You need to come together. Mm-hmm. And James 5.16 says, says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So if, I, if, if there's been conflict between us and you've been really ugly and looked down upon me for my, my poor intelligence and stuff, and, right. and I've said, Jed, I've said mean things to you, I'd say, Jed, I'm really sorry I've wronged you, and, you know, I've done this, that, and you'd say, well, I hate to say it, but I may have wronged you in a tiny way, not, though I don't want to admit it. <laughs> and then we would pray for each other. See, that would be what yeah. we're talking about in James 5.16. So this is a mutual issue between, you know, brothers in Christ type idea. It's when two brothers in Christ have sinned against each other, or sisters, or whatever, Yeah. and rather than perpetuate this ugly conflict, they come together and say, look, I have wronged you in these mm-hmm. ways. I've talked about you when I shouldn't. I have, uh, you know, I burned your barn. I've, I, yeah. and the, the other guy says, I've withheld your wages and I'm sorry. And I haven't treated you right. You know, but it's they, not a, <clears throat> but it's not a text for, okay, I have this deep personal sin. And in order for God to forgive me of it, I need to go to somebody and confess it. Not at all. Now, if I want to confess that to someone as That's accountability fine. and everything. That's fine. But this isn't a passage saying you have to. That's exactly right. Okay. Now, another another passage that doesn't use the word confess mm-hmm. that we might use here and uh, that some people do is Acts 8. Okay. And there you have um, Simon the sorcerer wanting mm-hmm. to buy the gift of laying on of hands. Right. Acts 8, 18, read a verse or two or three. There we go. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, 
saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of that wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. I notice Peter said, Simon, you need to repent of your wicked heart, and you need to pray to God. Mm -hmm. But then what does Simon say? Simon says... uh, That sounded like a game. Simon says, (laughs) but anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Verse 23, For I see that you are in gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered... Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. So see, Simon wanted Peter to pray for him, mm-hmm. and that's good, and that's fine. Yeah. But P- Peter didn't say that that needed to be. He said, yeah. Simon, you need to repent, and you need to pray God that the thought of your heart may be forgiven yeah. you. So that would be your First John 1, 9. Yeah. You know, you need to confess your sins, and God will forgive you of all yeah. unrighteousness. And that's this would go back more towards the mutual encouragement and lifting up of each other in prayer and helping each other more than Peter had some special prayer power. No, Peter wasn't the priest or the pope, and you weren't confessing to yeah. Peter in any way. Okay. It was just that in that situation, he said, brother, you're dead wrong, and you need to yeah. pray to God for God to forgive you. And his response was, okay, but I want you to pray for me too. Sure, and that's fine. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so let's summarize. We've had yeah. confession as simple acknowledgement of a fact. Okay. Confession as a creedal statement or a statement of this is what I believe. Right. We've had confession as proclamation when you're out there preaching and you have the courage to step up and say what you need to about Jesus. Okay. We've had confession as a separation between preachers of the truth and preachers of heresy. Okay. Uh, we've had confession as a pledge of allegiance to Jesus. Okay. This is Christ as Lord talk. Yes. Okay. And we've had confession as honest repentance of sin. Okay. So maybe going back to what started all of this, we were talking about uh, in the gospel story, eventually when you have heard enough, you've seen, you've heard, you've read, whatever. You're ready to be baptized. Yeah. You're ready to make a response so that response, I guess, is going to include several of these things. Well, particularly, but, it concludes the confession as a pledge okay. to Jesus. So in that initial moment, we're going to pledge that we're going to follow him mm-hmm. and in all the things that entails. Mm-hmm. Like we're counting the cost of changing our life. As Paul says, don't you know that to whomever you uh, submit yourselves as slaves unto obedience, his slaves you are whom you obey, mm. see? And we submit ourselves to Christ. Right. So then a lot of times, if you're watching someone get baptized or whatever, there's some mention of forgiveness of sins and all this other stuff. The forgiveness of sins repentance element. Is that something that most people kind of do before they're baptized, during, after, all the above? Repentance repentance is a matter of the heart. In, In the New Testament teaching about Christian baptism, there's nothing about verbal confession of sins. Mm. So it, that's one of those... But we, repentance is a prerequisite. So yeah. that's part of the, the teaching exchange. Mm. You know, are you ready to turn from your sins and submit your life to Jesus as Lord? And yeah. there's, there's obviously some acknowledgement that the person is ready for that, but there's no yeah. formal, let's, let's enumerate all your sins. Right. <clears throat> so... Maybe this is where, you know, for them to hear kind of where we were talking about, would it be wrong 
or a bad idea or helpful for everyone or whatever if there was some sort of element of saying publicly, not name all your sins, but just do you confess that you're a sinner in need of Christ or something? Wouldn't be anything wrong with it. Yeah. Well, again, no particular text for it. Mm -mm. But I think... But, but we have text for this other... Yeah. And, and there certainly has to be in the mind of the person in order to understand the gospel if they don't understand that they have been have sinned and are separated from God and they need the blood of Christ, then they're not really grasping yeah. the gospel. Because at that point, there's no need for a Savior, and there's no real desire to submit to someone else at exactly. that point. Okay. So yeah, I think that that's, confession can become too big and too small, depending on our different contexts. It can limit some understanding of these things. Um, but since, since our... Um, little chats with each other that we have on TV are about what does the Bible say about these things. Right. That's what we're laying out is the different yeah. things the Bible says about there we confession go. of different kinds for different settings. And so then it's kind of do with it what you will, but know that this is what it says. Yeah. And it's what setting does this look like in my life? Yeah. And what do I need to do in this situation regarding confession? Okay. So maybe that lays out some specific situational questions that you have. Send them in. Yeah. What about this? What about that? Yeah. All right. Anything else? Well, I think you need to confess more often. That's the only thing. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you guys. We'll see you. Thanks for watching. Bye.